Amen. All right. I want to read out of John chapter 15, verse 22. I want to talk to you today about something that um, occurred to me some time ago. Uh, Actually, how many of you have already this year watched It's a Wonderful Life? How many of you have already watched it? Kathy went out and bought it. We've watched it about five times already. And um, wonderful movie. But watching that movie some time ago, I began to think, what if Jesus, instead of George Bailey, had never been born? What if Jesus had never been born? How many of you can say he is the reason for this season? It's not all about materialism, not about presents, not about Christmas trees per se, not about what you're going to get. There would be no Christmas without him. He's the reason. And so I wanted to share with you today on the subject of what if Jesus had never been born? What condition would we be in? So let's read what Jesus said in John 15. This is really revealing. Let's read it together, can we? If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. Now, however, they have no excuse for their sin. He who hates me hates my father as well. If I had not done among them what no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have seen these miracles, and yet they have hated both me and my father. Now, let me pluck two phrases out of there. Notice, the first one, if I had not come. The second one, if I had not done. If I had not come... And if I had not done, where would the world be? Father, we thank you for your word today, and we pray you'll bless it, minister to us, and God, speak to us about the blessing of Jesus Christ. Bring bring his reality to all of us here today, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, perk up and listen, you're going to need this today. Amen. Standing on a snow-covered iron bridge in the Christmas movie classic, It's a Wonderful Life, George Bailey cries out these words in desperation. I want to live again. I want to live again. As you know, He had just been given a rare gift, a look at life had he never been born. And George Bailey discovered in the movie that it wasn't a pretty sight. Without George Bailey, if you'll remember, Bedford Falls had become Pottersville, filled with loud music and gaudy, flesh-peddling neon signs. It wasn't a pretty sight. His upstate New York little town that had looked like Courier and Ives became Sodom and Gomorrah because George Bailey had never been born. Now you stop and you look at that and you ask yourself the question, well, if it was that way with George Bailey, what if Jesus had never been born? What would it be like? What difference would it have made if that little Bethlehem stable had never served as an emergency delivery room? Where would we be? Now, to bring that thought home, I want you to imagine with me for a moment what one day in your life just last week, just one day last week, would have been like if Jesus had never been born. To bring that thought home on a personal level, 
I would have rolled out of bed to the phone call that one of my long-term parishioners had passed away. And if Jesus had never been born, and I've thought about this, I wouldn't have had any consolation to offer it all to their family, that their loved one had gone to heaven. I wouldn't have been able to console them. I would not have been able to comfort them with the reality of eternal life if Jesus had never been born. I would not have been able to say to them with authority, they're in their mansion in heaven. This is not all there is. But I had a word of hope because Jesus was born. I could not have told them that the Holy Spirit was there to heal their broken hearts because there would have been no Holy Spirit poured out on mankind if Jesus had never been born. When I went into my study after I received the call to grab my Bible in order to grab some verses for the funeral, there would have been no Bible, no devotionals, no written sources at all to inspire or comfort in the faith because there would have been no faith if Jesus had not been born. I'm here to impress upon us today that you can't take Christ out of Christmas because this is all about the greatest gift that God ever gave mankind, Jesus Christ. Thank God for the day he was born. Having never been born again, I wouldn't have had the Holy Spirit within me to comfort my own soul. I would have been an empty man speaking to empty people because Jesus would not have been born. When I left for the funeral home, I would have soon discovered there was no funeral home. You know why? The funeral home where I presided over the funeral was built by Christians who I met. And there wouldn't have been any Christians, so there would have been no funeral home. Turning instead to go to the family's church home, I would have quickly realized there was no church for there were no houses of worship anywhere because there was no Savior to worship. If Jesus had not been born, we would not be here today. We wouldn't have a Jesus to worship, a God to know. We wouldn't know one another. We would be lost and without hope if Jesus had never been born. An empty man with a meaningless message I would have had nothing to offer the hopeless family who desperately needed to to hear the word of God, the word of comfort, the word of faith. Any funeral I ever preside over, I turn to the family and I comfort them with the verses that have to do with hope and with God and with Christ and with eternity and with heaven. But if there had been no Jesus, I couldn't have done any of that. Getting into my car and pulling onto the highway, so much of the familiar landscape would have been gone the comforting, familiar sight of All Saints Hospital on the Fort Worth horizon, gone. Because there are no saints if Jesus wasn't born. Landmark church buildings all over the city that now greet the eye from any vantage point would not have been there. Many of the great department stores, do you know this? Corporations and businesses founded by Christians on Christian principles would be gone because there'd be no Christians. And as I did last week, if I had pulled into Walmart, I would not have encountered a Santa Claus ringing a Salvation Army bell because there'd be no Salvation Army, because there'd be no salvation, because there wouldn't be any Christmas and there wouldn't be any Christians. Christians. 
Columbus, who believed he was being led by Jesus Christ, would not have discovered America. There would have been no Christians to break off from England in search of a place to worship Jesus in greater liberty. There'd be no declaration of independence founded on the Christian principles of all men being created equal under God, who has bequeathed to us the inalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, for there would have been no founding fathers possessing faith in Jesus Christ. As George Bailey discovered about the significance of his own life, life would be tragically different if Jesus had never been born. Only a million times more so. If Jesus had never been born, many of our best hospitals would be gone because most hospitals are founded on the principles of the Christian mercy and compassion Jesus taught. Even today, the number of hospitals called St. Luke's St. Mary's, St. Mark's testify of their Christian origin. If Jesus had never been born, we wouldn't have them. No telling what we would have. Most of the world's greatest universities would also be gone. Almost every one of the first 123 colleges, think about this. Next time somebody tells you, if you become a Christian, you've just crucified your mind. That's a lie. It makes total intellectual sense to embrace Jesus Christ. Just read his teachings. They're more profound than anything ever spoken in the history of mankind. Almost every one of the first 123 colleges and universities in the United States have Christian roots. The first universities were begun in Europe around the year 1200. Princeton, Oxford, and Harvard were all begun by Christians. Theology was the major subject. Can you imagine that? Mom, I'm going off to Harvard to learn the Bible. But that's what you did when Princeton and Harvard were founded. They were founded by Christians who dedicated them to God, and they're going to have to answer for how they've drifted. The abolition of slavery, which was spearheaded by Christians who felt that it was a sin against God, would possibly not have taken place, or it would definitely be set back drastically. The elevation of women. Ladies, listen to me. You didn't get set free by Jane Fonda or Gloria Steinem. I'm going to tell you who really lifted women into the limelight. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. He honored and lifted up women. More than any other source, The liberation and honoring of women came through Jesus Christ. Absolute fact. If Jesus had not been born, women would be set way back. In the ancient world, women had the equivalent status of a donkey or a cow. In the ancient world, they were just slaves. Jesus treated women with respect and with dignity. In doing so, he introduced a concept that had previously been unthinkable that women deserved good treatment. And Jesus honored women. In the 19th century, the great preacher Charles Spurgeon told of a Hindu woman who said to a Christian missionary, surely your your Bible was written by a woman. And the missionary said, why? 
And she said, because it says so many kind things for women. Our culture never refers to women, but in reproach. And if you think becoming a Christian is a setback for you as a woman, I got news for you. Jesus has elevated women, blessed women, made women successful, given them honor, loved women, and put them in a place of dignity. Thank God for Jesus Christ, because I'm going to tell you, Islam does not do that. Buddhism does not do that, but Jesus does that. If Jesus had never been born, most of the great charity organizations we know of, like the Salvation Army, the American Red Cross, and Feed the Children, which are based on the Good Samaritan ethic given to us by Jesus Christ, which says, do to others as you want them to do to you, they would not exist if it had not been for Jesus Christ. Look at what Jesus Christ has done for our culture. Everything he touches and his teachings touch improve, get better, become blessed, make living more palatable, more uh, comforting, and more successful. Thank God for the influence and presence of Jesus Christ. The high regard for human life found among Bible-believing Christians would not be near as prevalent if Jesus had not been born. It was a dangerous thing, believe it or not, for a baby to be conceived in the days of Jesus Christ. Just as it is today, the most dangerous place in the world is the womb. But in those days, abortion was rampant and abandonment of babies was commonplace. When we read about in the news of a woman, a mother, leaving her child in some trash bin, we have a tendency to say, whoa, it's never been like this before. But yes, it has. Any place there has not been the influence of Christ, life goes down. The value of human life goes down. But when Jesus and his teachings and his ministry and his presence enter a place, life goes up. The value of life goes up. The compassion and love and concern for people is elevated every time. After Jesus came, after Jesus came, his followers cherished life as sacred, even the life of the unborn. The early church rescued many of these forsaken babies and brought them up in the faith. And as a result, abortion, the murder of young infants, and abandonment of children virtually disappeared in the early church. And we carry their example to this day. That's why we give to the ministry of Nancy Alcorn, who put her money where her mouth was. And she said, you know what? I don't want abortion happening. I want these girls to be able to have these babies and not abort them. So she's been building homes all over the United States of America. And we give to her every month. And hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of babies have been born and adopted into loving families because of the ministry of Nancy Alcorn. And I believe that's what we ought to do as a church. If Jesus had never been born, if he'd never been born, the eternal salvation of countless souls transformed from hardened, godless, desperate sinners into joyful, productive, fruit-bearing saints would never have taken place. You know, it had been a long time since I went into a juvenile home and ministered. But what a lot of you do not know is that when I was 16 years old, I was in a juvenile home, and I had been arrested for narcotics, and I knew nothing about God. I knew nothing about Christ. I knew nothing about the Bible. I had not been raised in church. 
But while I was in juvenile home, waiting to go to court with a bond on my head, and my father having told me, I'm not going to get you out of this one. I'm not bailing you out of this one. About my third night there, one of the guards came to my cell. And he said, you want to hear people talk to you about Christianity? I didn't even know what Christianity was. I said, sure, I'll do anything to get out of this cell. We went down and got into a big room, about 50 of us kids. I was 16, 16 and a half. They'd already told me they were going to certify me as an adult and, and charge me in court as an adult. And I heard the gospel for the first time. And there I was in total abject darkness. I wasn't in darkness just because I had been involved in drugs. I was in darkness because I did not know the light of the world. I did not know Christ. But he said, God so loved the world. He just shared that John 3, 16, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes on him, and it was like music to my ears. I thought to myself, can this possibly be true? Can I really get a new start? Because you see, folks, my problem was not drugs. My problem was not my home. My problem was my heart. My problem was sin. I needed a heart transplant, just like the whole world needs. Listen, go ahead and praise him. What the world needs is Jesus Christ. Muhammad never said he would change your heart. Buddha never said he would change your heart. No other world religious leader ever said they would change your heart. But Jesus came to give us a heart transplant. And only he can reach in and touch a sin-fallen heart and change that dark heart into one that loves God and loves people and loves righteousness. Only he can do that. And I told these young people last night, I said, you don't need rehabilitation. You need transformation. You need to be transformed. And that's the message we have come to this building with. We're not here to give you religion. We're not here to to preach feel-good messages to you, though I do believe you will feel good when you leave. We're not here to do anything other than minister Jesus Christ and his life to you because there is only one name given among men whereby we might be saved. His name is Jesus. It's not Muhammad. It's Jesus. It's not Buddha. It's Jesus and no other. There's nobody like him. I've studied the Bible now for 38 years. And I'm going to tell you, there's nobody like him in the history of the world. Study history, study leaders, study those who have made historical impacts. There's nobody like Jesus. Thank God that on that first Christmas morning, God reached down into our pain, wrapped himself in baby skin, and launched a tactical invasion on a renegade planet Earth to bring us salvation. Because our problem is our heart. Our problem is a sin problem. On that first Christmas, God sent his only son to be born in a stable. He lived only 33 short years and was nailed to a cross. He had no earthly possessions, only the clothes he wore on his back. But he brought love, he brought healing, he brought peace, and he brought hope to a desperate world. And because of that, he was ridiculed persecuted, scourged, beaten, and killed. 
but on the third day, and I can't wait for Easter in this building. I can't wait for Easter in this building. On the third day, he rose triumphant from the clammy grave. The little baby born in Bethlehem has brought joy to the world. He forever changed the course of humanity. Even the calendar is divided B.C.A.D. So impactful was his life, his birth, his death, his resurrection. No other single event in all of history, not anything, not the dropping of the bomb on Hiroshima, nothing has affected the world like this one man called Jesus. 2,000 years or so have come and gone. Think about that, two millennia, but he still reigns. He lifts the hearts of the hopeless. He heals the brokenhearted. He removes the pain of yesterday. He brings joy for tomorrow. He strengthens the weak. He heals the sick. He makes messed up minds to be straight again. He's the healer. He's the deliverer. He's the provider. And he's the soon coming king. He turned the world, they they say he turned the world upside down, but what he really did is he turned it right side up. He told us that those who are weak matter as much as the strong. He told us the simple can have understanding and wisdom. He told us those who are sad now will rejoice later. He told us the poor in spirit are blessed. And Jesus has been the inspiration for the noblest and finest lives ever lived. Listen, if our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been information, he would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was and is forgiveness. So God sent us a savior. Hallelujah. The life of Jesus was like a pebble dropped in a perfectly still pond, sending endless ripples throughout history. And the ripples are now turning into waves. And before he comes, his influence will be tsunami, if that's a word. His influence and his impact only grow. They live in an outreach of love for the needy and the poor. He lives on in lives that are radically changed for the better. He lives on in the hearts of millions. Are you one of them? Give me a wave if you are. He lives on in the risen and eternal Lord. Jesus was born to offer us life and life more abundantly. If I thought I was telling you a lie, I'd never preach again. If I was offering you some kind of dead religion of rules and regulations, I would never preach again. But I'm not. I'm offering to you a Christ who lives, who can live in your heart, change your life, put a skip in your step, a smile on your face, a joy in your life. He can change you, turn things around. It's never over till Jesus has had his say. (laughs) 
One historian wrote of Jesus Christ, and this is one of the best things I've ever read. He said, quote, this Jesus of Nazareth, without money and arms, conquered more millions than Alexander, Caesar, Muhammad, and Napoleon wrapped up in one. Without science, he shed more light on things human and divine than all philosophers and scholars combined. Without the help of schools, he spoke such words of life as were never spoken before or since and produced effects which lie beyond the reach of orator or poet. Without writing a single line, he set more pens in motion and furnished themes for more sermons, orations, discussions, learned volumes, works of art, and songs of praise than the whole army of great men of ancient and modern times. Jesus. How beautiful is that name? How glorious is that name? There's power in that name to change your life. There's power in that name to get your prayers answered. There's power in that name to turn dark to light, hopeless to hopeful, sick to whole. There's power in that name of Jesus. So I want to say to the hopeless, take heart, Jesus is born. And to the skeptic, I want to say, taste and see that the Lord is good. And to the weary, the joy of Jesus can be your strength. And if I could talk to the entire United States of America, here's what I would say. Turn back to him. Proudly display nativity scenes in your public squares and in your schools. Reclaim the faith that once made you great, America. Embrace again the babe born in Bethlehem. If you do so, he will heal your children, restore your joy, strengthen your foundations, and rekindle your light and your testimony to the entire world. Stand with me and say, joy to the world. Can we say it again? Joy to the world. The Lord is come. Can you give the babe born in Bethlehem a hand of praise today? Thank you, Lord. Come on, everybody. Thank God. And my prayer for you, I know life's a struggle. I know. I know you fight all week long. I know you get tempted. I know things don't go the, wish, the way you wish they would go often. And I'm not here, and I told those kids last night, I'm not offering you a magic wand or an abracadabra, and everything's going to be okay. But here's what I am offering. Jesus Christ in your life makes all the difference in life. He won't always deliver you out but he will deliver you through. And he's real. And he's there. And he's stronger than what vexes you. He's more mighty than what tempts you. He's stronger than what grips you. And I want to pray for you right now. And don't miss next week because, boy, could I preach next week's right now. 
but I'm going to preach on the name, the name. But right now, I want to pray for you. And I want to receive people also to join the church. I, I do this because so many have come up and said, we want to join. I don't know if they're here. I think some of them are. But if you want to make Turning Point your church home, we want to receive you today. Because you know what? God's got a call on you. And what Kathy and I are praying is, God, send us people called to our church. Called to be a part of the giftings. This isn't going to be a one-man show. It's not a one-man show. We believe that God has his hand on every believer to be a minister. See, Jesus, Jesus has a reason for you to be here. He's got a purpose. And that changes your life when you realize it. And we want to receive you because we believe that every member is a minister. We really do. And God's got a blessing for you. So in just a moment, I want you to come down if you want to identify with this fellowship and we want to receive you. Uh, we're here. This is our home. And we're going to grow and we're going to reach not just this community, but my dream is we're going to reach the world. You're going to reach the world with me. So, Father, I pray for this precious people. I pray that Jesus will be real. We thank you, Lord, that you were born and you did walk among us. And, Lord, because of that, our lives are changed. We thank you and we bless you for it, Lord, today. I pray that Jesus will be more real in the lives of all of these people than he's ever been before. If that's your prayer, could you just put a hand up towards him? That this year, he's going to be more real to you than he's ever been before. And you're going to walk on a level and on a plane you've never walked before. Thank you, Father. If you feel the Lord has called you to be a part of this fellowship, I want to receive.